This is Money Made Simple, the financial podcast that keeps it simple and gets to the point. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to Money Made Simple, brought to you by Simplicity. It is great to have you listening. Liv here. And I'm here too. Great to have you with me, Jenny. Always great to hang out. So for today's episode, we're sticking with the book that Sam wrote and that we published last year, Money Made Simple, which is available uh, as an ebook, and we'll have the link in the show notes. We haven't done that yet, have we? No, I don't think we have no, shared no, it. We'll definitely put it in the This time in the we show will. Notes. And we're, we're going to be looking at the first of eight golden rules that set you up for long-term financial security, and that is pay off your debts. So that seems like a pretty simplistic piece of advice, right? And maybe easier said than done, but we will explain it further. So, Jenny, tell us, is all debt created equal? Is it all bad? In our opinion, and common opinion shared by financial experts, there is good debt, such as a loan for education or to buy property, and bad debt, consumer debt like credit cards, buy now, pay later, or afterpay. If you don't pay that afterpay off. If you don't. So Sam describes it a bit like food in the book. Sometimes it's good for you, sometimes it's bad. See, I quite like a little bit of junk food every now and again. I mean, we, to be fair, have just had some delicious cookies, right? They were very delicious. They were, but... Not good for you. I mean, because it made us feel good, but wasn't necessarily good for us in the long term. You, no, you're right. Debt in the form of a mortgage or a student loan is okay because it's an investment that could and should pay off in the long term. Mm. When we talk about bad debt, we're talking about things such as credit cards and payday loans. This is the junk food and it can be addictive and sometimes it can get us into a bit of trouble. Yes. So as I was just saying, and I went off on a bit of a tangent, sorry, it's kind of, it is a bit subjective. So you, it isn't just black and white, good and bad. So sometimes that addictive, what we call bad with inverted commas, isn't that bad, but it's kind of just a little bit easier to put them into two broad camps. And when we talk about bad debt, the problem is that it, this kind of debt can have ramifications if we get a little too addicted or we take a little bit too far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so debt is not um, simply good or simply bad for all of us. It, mm. It's it's going to be different. We're going to interact with these things differently. This is pretty broad strokes that we're going to be talking mm. in. Yes. To continue with the food analogy, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Love what you did there. <laughs> and so in this podcast, we're looking at bad debt. And New Zealanders actually have a bit of a debt problem. Our total debt is growing with average household debt in New Zealand, and this includes credit cards, property and student loans, more than 170% of gross household income, according to research that was recently shared by the AUT. So just a note on that, when you just said what that included, that 170% of gross household, that did include property debt. So mortgages for people buying their own home. So while we're saying yes, 170% is huge, and one of the biggest in the OECD, actually, for percent per um, household income. Because we're a homeowning nation, right? Yep. So, yeah, of course, we're actually including what we broadly categorise as good debt in there. Yes. And we're going to be looking at consumer debt, credit cards and personal loans. And they are actually concerning in themselves in terms of how much New Zealand is So we're still own. bad, even if you take out the home debt. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid so. So according to the Reserve Bank, the outstanding balance on personal credit card debt in New Zealand has risen from $5.495 billion in May Ooh. 2022 to $5.63 billion in May of this year. So th that's a huge number, but you can see that it is growing. Yes. And just to clarify there from what Jenny was saying, that is outstanding balances. That's not just the balances on people's credit cards. That means that it's the balance that people haven't paid off in time. So over and above, you know, paying off your credit card each month. And, so. and that is a big 
yeah, number is a big problem. Um, and I would you say. can understand why it's growing at the moment. I mean, with the cost of living mm, crisis incre- increase, if if people are not able to access the money that they need to pay just everyday bills, then you can see why they might be turning to credit cards or loans. And credit cards have grown recently, well, over the last year, right? Yeah, by twen- over twenty one percent. Which year on year, that's a pretty big number. Yeah. So the use of personal debt, personal loans, deferred payment schemes, they are all climbing and we we need to understand what are the long-term ramifications of that. So why is consumer debt bad? Liv, can you give us a little bit of context so we're not just talking about the sort of simplistic labels of good and bad? Yeah, so bad debt is generally considered money that you're borrowing to purchase consumables or depreciating assets. Those are things that don't generate income or can't be sold for the same or more than their purchase price. Depreciating assets are things like your car, sports equipment or clothes that won't hold their value over time, usually. Or consumables like holidays or meals out, where once you've enjoyed them, they have no ongoing monetary value. So compare that to your house, which in a general sense, maybe not at the moment, um, tends to go up over the long term, or your investments or savings, which generate returns and potentially income over the long term. Those are things that are appreciating rather than depreciating. So if you can't afford something that won't go up in value, like those appreciating assets we talked about, or generate an income like savings or investments, then in an ideal world, and I know we're talking ideal worlds here, you shouldn't really go into debt to buy them. There are obviously specific cases where it's unavoidable, like what Jenny just talked about in terms of this cost of living crisis at the moment. And I get that it's often coming from a privileged place to simply say, don't go into consumer debt. But the problem is that bad debt typically carries a much higher interest rate than the type of debt that we're considering good here. It could be worth noting here, Liv, that one of the reasons mortgages are generally lower interest is that they are secured by the home that you're buying. So it's safer for the lender to lend you the money because if you can't pay the debt, then they can claim back the asset. AKA the house. Yeah. So this is one of the key reasons why borrowing rates for a home is lower. So if you borrow to buy um, a holiday there's no asset there for the lender to claim. So that's riskier debt and therefore you pay more for it. Yeah. So if you don't pay off that high interest rate or your debt in full, this interest can snowball. So what about things like afterpay or lay-by? We haven't yet touched on them. Would we consider them bad, Jenny? Yeah, well, there are some benefits. One of the benefits of um, buy now, pay later may be 0% financing. Hmm. So if you're paying Sounds it handy. off in time, you pay no interest on that. Another benefit is uh, the ability to split up payments. So rather than having to pay for something in full, you can pay it off over so like a payment time. plan. Yep. But you need to make the payments on time. And, if not, you, and not everyone does that, right? No, that. Lots of people don't do that. So if you miss payments, you can incur fees and interest may also be applied. This can make your purchase much more expensive than you originally planned. I think another thing that many, many people don't seem to be aware of is that consumer debt, including buy now, pay later schemes like Afterpay, may also affect your ability to get credit later on. So if you are asking the bank for a mortgage, say in five years, If you have afterpay bills every month that you need to pay or you've ever been late in repaying the amount and have paid penalty fees or anything like that, the lenders, like the banks, might actually get the perception that it could be riskier to lend you money. So that means that using consumer debt to buy something could have a short-term benefit but could have a long-term impact on your ability to borrow money to make good long-term financial decisions like buying a house, Yeah, growing your financial future. The other thing is, it's really easy to overextend your finances. 
because you're buying things in lots of different shops using lots of different Yeah, uh, so you're paying for your holiday and then you're paying for that dress you really want and they all kind of seem separate, right? Absolutely. And you can focus on the cost of each payment rather than the full cost of the item or you can make lots of different purchases using these arrangements and bills can really start to rack up. Uh, Back in my day, we had lay-by, but it was quite different. You paid off something, but the item stayed in the shop until you had paid it off. I really remember buying a pair of Levi jeans and I paid it off over four months or something and it was agony, but at the end of the four months, I was debt-free and I got the jeans. Yeah, and honestly, just in my personal opinion, it feels like a much more responsible way for these kind of providers to offer that service but obviously they're not here to be responsible right yeah I mean they're profit driven companies yeah both the retailers and the buy now pay later scheme providers can profit here or do profit the retailer gets the sale and people are more likely to stretch themselves to purchase something if they don't have to pay for it up front and the buy now pay later provider stands to gain the fees so a percentage of the sale and the interest if people don't pay those installments on time And in fact, that's a big part of the business model. People probably, I'm guessing, people not making the payments. I know we mentioned before the concept of compounding returns and how they apply here. Can you just remind us, Liv, how how that works? Yes. So in terms of compounding here, this is applying to compounding debt. So compounding negative returns. And we touched on this a few episodes ago when we did a whole amazing episode about compounding. Oh, it was amazing. Yes. (laughs) But compounding interest on loans. So I'll use the same example I did. So if you uh, take out a $10,000 loan on, say, a credit card, or, or maybe easier in this example, on a personal loan, and you are being charged 18% interest, and let's just say, for example's sake, that you don't make any repayments. Very unlikely to happen, but just to keep it simple here. If you don't make any repayments for 10 years, that $10,000 debt will snowball or compound to $52,000 owed So it's an extreme example, but it obviously just illustrates the compounding nature of debt. So you'd be having to pay off 5.2 times what you'd originally borrowed. And even if you were making repayments Which over time, to, right? yep. you are still going to be paying interest on that original amount. So it will still cost you many, many more times. Many. Yes, exactly. So we talk about how debt is bad, don't get into debt, but I guess we haven't really given any solution here. So what are some ways that we can tackle debt, Jenny? Well, first, just acknowledging what you said before, that we all get into debt for lots of different reasons, and sometimes it is unavoidable. But if you're in a position to start working your way out of debt, then the first thing you need to do is know exactly what you owe. So sit down with a pen and paper, boring as, but important, and write down all the buy now, pay later payments that you still owe. Look at what your credit card debt might be, any other personal loans. Just Everything, get it, get it all honest. down and be really clear about who you owe and how much that debt is costing you. So what is what is the interest, interest rate? rate. Yep. And then make a plan to pay it off, probably starting with the highest interest debt first. Why is that? Because it's going to cost you more money. Yes, so oh. that compounding debt. The higher the interest, the more it will cost you in the long run. So you've got your list, you've prioritised it with your most expensive debt first and then make a plan to pay it off over time. We know that you can't just, can't just magically wave, wave a your, magic yeah. wand and it, it could take months, possibly even years, but having a plan to pay it off will make you feel in control. Mm-hmm. And you will be in control. And, and do pay it off as quickly as you can because debt's costing you money. If you can 
put a plan together that works for you, that you can pay it all off in a year, say, and you might have to make a few short-term sacrifices to do that, mm. then do do that. It pays off. It will pay off, yeah. yeah. And then the final thing is just st- after that, stay out of debt. So if you can avoid using your credit card, do. Cut it up if you have to. Start saving. We'll talk another day about setting up a rainy day fund. Very, very important. But the idea for that is that you have a little stash of cash, essentially, that you can easily access if you need it in an emergency. So rather than having to get a loan out when your car breaks down. So avoiding getting into debt, yeah, right? Avoiding getting in, avoid getting into debt. I have talked with a few groups about a way that I stay out of debt, and that is giving my credit card to somebody else so that if I want to use it I have to explain myself validate I don't Mm. just pull it out of my wallet and buy something online Mm. I have to explain why I want it and how I'm going to pay it off it could be give it to your mean big sister or a scary auntie someone who you trust you know has your best interest at heart so put a barrier between you and easy spending basically Mm. and this is also my last point is around and this is sort of my personal financial mantra is get the want monster under control and I talk to my kids about this all the time is it's so easy in this world to just want 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 everywhere you look there's new technology and new clothes clothes. I want you know I want another dress even though I've got 16 in my wardrobe that I never wear it really gets into our head that we need more stuff yes and doesn't it give that kind of endorphin rush to spend oh it totally does but it's so short-lived right like you feel good for a second Mm. yes Mm. so if you're aware that that's just the want monster just Mm. chattering away and you can prioritize some more important things then that's another way to Mm. help Mm. keep it a So you mentioned cutting up your credit cards. I have a bit of an opinion on that, just a personal opinion, but do you not think that credit cards could be used to your advantage? Mm. (laughs) For some people, perhaps. (laughs) I think for me, not. But talk to us about how you use credit cards, love. Yeah, so I mean, you know, if I, I absolutely agree if you are not paying off your credit card in full every month on the dot and accruing any interest, then cut it up. However, if you have a whole lot of discipline... I believe that it can actually work in your favour. So for us, just to give you an example, we have a mortgage and we have what you call a revolving credit or a part of that mortgage is part of floating rate. And so we only pay interest on the money that we owe within that account. So what we do is we spend money on our credit card and we pay that money often full from the revolving credit account, so that part of our mortgage that's floating, on the due date each month. So that avoids us having to pay interest on that revolving credit while we are in credit with the bank. Are there some other benefits to using a credit card to pay for things? Oh, of course. I mean, there's all those rewards that the banks promise, like your air points or flybys or cash back. Yeah, of course. And and these are all things that are done that are in their favour, really, to sell to you because of those credit card stats we talked about of, of all those people that are in arrears um, for their payments. So I would only condone using a credit card if you are absolutely set on making your monthly repayments in full. So for someone like me that uh, is not so disciplined and maybe quite prone to forgetting to do things, I don't use a credit card where I can avoid it. Uh, And I think chasing air miles or cash back or some other points is not worth it for me because I will end up paying in penalty payments or Mm. interest more than I'm going to gain. So you really have to weigh up the pros and cons of that one. And if you're anything like me, then probably avoid. Cut it up or give it to your auntie. Give yourself a cash back. yeah. Yeah, I get to keep my credit card. Jenny you don't yes cool so hopefully that covers a little bit around debt and and kind of I guess the bad side of debt so next week we're going to flip the debt conversation and discuss good debt so as we talked about that debt that pays off in the long run hope you'll join us
look forward to chatting with you next week, love. This podcast contains personal opinions and is intended to provide educational information only. It doesn't relate to your particular financial situation or goals and is not financial advice or recommendations. Simplicity New Zealand Limited is the issuer of the Simplicity KiwiSaver Scheme and Investment Funds. For product disclosure statements, please visit Simplicity's website, simplicity.kiwi.